Have you ever wished you had been taught how to study the Bible in depth? Because that is exactly what our partners, Chasing Sacred, are all about. Creating resources for studying the Bible that meet practical needs while also maintaining strong biblical literacy. The way they structure their studies are so purposeful, and they help readers understand the historical and cultural context, which is so important. They actually just came out with a new study on the book of Ephesians. You do not want to miss it. Just don't forget to put code abiding free for a 20% discount on any of their products. Click their link in our show notes and learn more about them at chasingsacred.com. Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom. Freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Well, hello, friends. We are back for week four of a six-week devotional series, Walking Through the Book of Zephaniah. This is Kristen with the Abiding Free Podcast. And as I've said at the beginning of every episode in this devotional series, if you are new, I definitely recommend you go back to week one because it will just be confusing to jump in now because this is a beautiful story. And, you know, unless you're one of those strange people who like jumping into books or movies halfway through, well, then definitely start at the beginning. So today we are going to turn to chapter three because believe it or not, we will be in um, the last chapter of Zephaniah this week, this chapter three. We're going to be here for the last few weeks in one chapter. We are entering in, you guys, to the climax of this story. And the last two weeks of our podcast series, we will turn to an abrupt interruption of one of the most amazing pictures of God's love. And even Bible commentaries, you guys, argue that this is like one of the, if not, if not the most beautiful picture of God's love in like the entire Bible. Okay. That says a lot, right? Okay. Hopefully that's a a good teaser for you to come to these next few weeks. You know, so last week we left at the end of chapter two when Zephaniah was going over specific surrounding nations and the judgment that was coming. But at the start of chapter three, the prophecy turns back to God's people again in this chapter three that we're going through. Yikes. Okay. Probably like just when God's people, right, were like licking their wounds, relieved that God was describing the judgment that was coming to the other nations, thinking, oh, look what they have done. Then 
bam, back to them. I mean, I feel like this happens when I read, when I read the old Testament, honestly, you know, I'll be reading about the Israelites. Do you guys ever have this where, you know, God's people are, you know, sinning and disobeying and, you know, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how could they be like that? How could they turn away from God and disobey over and over? And then bam. Oh yeah, I do that. Same goes for parenting. Any parents out there? Oh, this is super humbling, right? (laughs) This has happened to me numerous times where, you know, I'm instructing my daughter, I'm trying to shepherd her heart and, you know, speak into her life. And then all of a sudden, like the very words coming out of my mouth, I realize, oh, those were meant for me. (laughs) This happens a lot. So Zephaniah starts out this chapter. And he says some heavy words, you guys. He says, woe to the city that is rebellious and defiled, the oppressive city. Rebellious, defiled, and oppressive. The word, this word oppressive, if you think about it, to describe God's people is especially tragic. Think about, right, all those years the Israelites were oppressed by the Egyptians. I mean, they lived under this horrendous oppression. Their they their ancestors, you know, for years and years lived under this. And here they were apparently oppressing others. You guys, I mean, I don't want to point the finger too far because I've seen this in my own life. Maybe it's just something, something smaller, something, you know, in our in our families that gosh, we we never thought we would do, or something that um, you know, our parents did to us, and now we're doing it to our child. I know I've been humbled with that. Well, there's hope, right? There's always hope in God, but let's keep going. So listen to verse two. This is more indictment on God's people. It says, she has not obeyed. She has not accepted discipline. She has not trusted in the Lord. She has not drawn near to her God. And we just have to stop and take these words in because it's a sad statement. But wow, this is a statement full of incredible love. I do not want you to miss this. A lot of people who think, you know, of the book of Zephaniah know that verse about God singing over his people. And we're going to talk about that because I think it's going to be more amazing to you when you realize the full context. So a lot of people know about that, that verse, but nobody would probably quote this one, right? She has not obeyed. She has not accepted discipline. She has not trusted in the Lord. She has not drawn near to her God. But just stop for a moment. God is not in need. He is not lonely. We are the ones just like Judah who rebel and turn away and choose to go against his ways. And yet he longs for us to draw near to him. He's grieved over this. This is an incomprehensible kind of love. I mean, who is this God? It reminds me of the sadness Jesus had on Palm Sunday. Do you remember this scene? I mean, and we don't often talk about these tears on Palm Sunday, but I think this is one of the most important themes of Palm Sunday is Jesus's tears. The scene in Luke 19 blows my mind. I mean, Jesus is like looking out over the city of Jerusalem, the people who rejected him, his people, who rejected him and he weeps. In some forms, the rendering of that word in the Greek in that passage in Luke, it means wails. Who is this savior? He's weeping over people who have rejected him. Who is this God? We should be astounded. This could make us fall to our knees and wonder and love. I pray that it does. Oh goodness, I could just get carried away in this love, but we got to keep going. We got to finish our chat. We got to finish our uh, 
our uh, passage for today. So Zephaniah then talks about indictment about leaders specifically, government and spiritual leaders. It's especially tragic though what he says about the spiritual leaders. In chapter three, verse four, he it tells us that there were priests who were profaning profaning the sanctuary. They were doing violence to instruction. In plain language, it's probably like false teaching. What a reminder that, you know, false teaching isn't a modern concept, right? It's not even as simply as modern as the New Testament or as old as the New Testament. False teaching was ancient. But then we come to verse five and God is contrasted with the people, with these leaders. The righteous Lord is in here. It says he does no wrong. He applies justice morning by morning. He does not fail at dawn. Aren't we exhausted? by the corruption of some leaders, spiritual, even government leaders. I know I fall into probably both. I'm I'm a leader in certain areas and then I'm not in certain areas. We probably all are, right? We can all relate to this of being exhausted about corruption amongst leaders. But don't you just love this? This is a literary technique of contrast. You remember this in English class? So, you know, um, God, well, well, the Holy Spirit who's inspiring Zephaniah is using a contrast. He's contrasting the people with God. Bible uses literary techniques. The leaders, the very people that were supposed to be God's representatives, an example to the people were unrighteous, were doing wrong, yet our God is righteous. He does no wrong. When we are unjust, our God is applying his justice morning by morning. When people fail us, when we fail, our God does not fail morning by morning. This can be an anthem this week when we are devastated by unmet expectations of people of ourselves. Our God is not like the weakness and imperfections of man. Our God will not fail at the breaking dawn of every day. The prophesy from from Zephaniah continues on about the devastation that is coming through judgment for the wickedness. He keeps going with the judgment. He's like, people, it's like, it's like, I mean, you could just read it through the, this isn't literal, but this is, this is my, you know, interpretation here is just that it's like, he's saying, you know, when people are you going to wake up, cities are going to be devastated and listen to this sad statement, this verse, however, they became more corrupt in all their actions. Wow. This is a sad for, for however, let this not be of our lives. Let's be honest. Have you ever thought maybe unconsciously or consciously there are times when, you know, we seem to get away with things like our justice or discipline is delayed. We sin and we don't seem to have immediate consequences. We hear the warning of God, maybe in our minds or someone kind of, you know, our pastor says something that kind of pricks our spirit. And yet, because there's not this immediate consequence, we don't take it as seriously. Let us listen to this voice today. Let us not have a tragic forever, however, in our life this week. We know that what we aren't doing, that what we are doing is not right at times. However, we sometimes also become more corrupt in our actions, don't we? Romans 2, 4 says that his kindness and his kindness can be this, you know, um, delayed justice or judgment or even just discipline for us. It should lead us to repentance. We know we don't get what we deserve. That is his utter and complete kindness. And God's next statement to this tragic, however, is mind blowing. He shifts in this chapter 
3, chapter 3, verse 7, to what is called third masculine plural to second masculine plural. Okay, you want just layman's terms because that's what that's what I like. I got that fancy wording from a commentary. So if you're an English major, you probably know what that means. But basically, Zephaniah shifts to now talking about those that did actually humble themselves and seek righteousness. Remember that remnant, the promise that those people could be hidden in him. And this is what it what he says. This is what God says to that remnant, those people. Therefore, wait for me. And again, then God goes into more judgment. Basically, God is comforting the remnant with his judgment. Now, some of you are wondering, before we go into that more, am I the remnant? Well, hopefully by now and go in thinking back to previous weeks, right? We talked to this, that the remnant are those that are hidden in him and Jesus and through the new covenant. If we have put our faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ to cover our sin, we are this remnant that is hidden in his righteousness. You know, but there are certainly aspects, right? We can relate to of those of the the nations and and other people that were being judged, right? And we talked about that that we will face discipline for our sin. But going back, so God is comforting His people with judgment. Isn't that crazy? Do you feel comforted thinking about God's judgment, dear friends? It is God's judgment that will one day end evil. I want you to think about right now in your mind, what is like the worst thing you think is going on in first in the world and second in your life? What injustice? It is God's justice that is bringing his wrath and will bring his wrath to the evil we are seeing in our culture right now. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it clear. The wrath of God is what accomplishes the finality of evil. That's why it's a comfort. Did you know in the book of Revelation, this blew my mind. I learned this at a conference this week. You know, this Revelation is a book about an incredible amount of persecution and suffering on God's people, the saints. God's people sang a song of celebration with the incoming of God's wrath. His wrath, a product of his justice. Let us learn to take comfort in his wrath. That's spiritual maturity. Joshua Butler in his book, Skeletons in God's Closet, says this, Injustice is a, is a violation of God's love for the world. Because he loves the world, he loves justice. Friends, when we reach a mature, mature perspective on his justice, wrath, and judgment, it will be a comfort to us. And this is the scene we finish with today. God comforting his people with his judgment. And so a question I ask, do you avoid these topics? Do you avoid these topics in your with your believing friends or you know even with people who maybe need to hear about this? How can you grow in having a proper perspective, a perspective that would comfort you in his judgment and wrath, perspective on truth? Because let me tell you, the next 2 weeks are a vivid and a remarkable picture of his love as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast and I, as I've said this before, you will not understand how deep his love is if you don't have also an understanding of his wrath and judgment. That same author I mentioned, Josh Butler, says this, God's love and justice are not opposed to each other. They are integrally intertwined. The Father's love for his world gives rise to his justice for the world. This 
is holy tough love, friends. I cannot wait to see you back next week. Oh man, these next two weeks are incredible. We're going to be diving into the promise of restoration next week. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah. And then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you. 